Local on the Go Show listeners, don't forget to give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Racing season is right around the corner, so grab your One to Go Show tee or hoodie today. All right, race fans, Ryan Aho here and the one and only Bert Lehman. Bert, how are things over in eastern Wisconsin? How are you, how are you doing over there? Um, excuse me. Got a little bit of a cough. I'm still fighting. Uh, it's only been four weeks and I'm still fighting off whatever I'm fighting off. But, uh, um, no, things are going all right. Um, could use a little bit warmer weather. Um, but, uh, luckily on Saturday, we didn't get a single flake of snow where I live, but, um, uh, 20 miles Southeast of where I live, they got 20 inches of snow. 20 inches really yeah. <laughs> wow so what racetracks will be down in that direction um well it's in the fox valley so i don't know if plymouth got hit um 141 I, yeah right along 40 you know the 41 corridor kind of along the lake shore uh okay. that that portion got hit so uh i don't i don't know if seymour got uh any of that because Green Bay got about 14 inches of snow and uh, Seymour's only, you know, 15, 20 minutes away from Green Bay. So, wow. I'm glad we, <laughs> we didn't get that at home. I think we got a couple inches, a little bit of rain. So, I mean, I'm so looking forward and I think everybody is to this stuff just being completely done. Yeah. Right. And, and let's get to racing. Hopefully it dries fast. I don't think there's a lot of frost. The people I talk to, so like in, in our area with soda country, I think once it melts, right, I think the frost is going to come out pretty quick. So yeah, knock on wood. It, it seems to be we're having a slow melt here. And as it melts, it's kind of soaking into the ground right away. So, uh, you know, hopefully that'll help. That's with a good sign. With drying once all the snow is gone. Yeah, that's a good sign. If that if that moisture is just sucking right in the ground, that means where you are, the frost is out, which is really good. That means that once it's gone, once it dries up, I think we'll get to racing uh, sooner rather than later, let's hope. So, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, episode 170. So we're, we're chipping away. We're chipping away. We're getting closer to uh, 200 here. But a big shout out here to uh, Dirt Track Supply over in Watertown, South Dakota. I'm telling you, racing season right here. It is literally right around the corner. If you still need parts, if you if you need tires, from what I understand, Bert, um, Wasoda Hoosiers are going to be available after April 1st. Not an April Fool's joke. Relax. It has nothing to do with it, right? I might have played something on Rapids last year. They weren't real happy with me, Bert. That's okay. They, they got over it. They got over it. But tires sound like they're going to be available April 1st. Get a hold of your vendor. Get a hold of Dirt Track Supply whether it's them, safety equipment, if you still need parts, whatever you need, that is absolutely your go-to for all things racing, dirt track supply. Ron and Trevor do a great job over in Watertown, South Dakota. So, Bert, we've got some pretty fun stuff this week on today's show. Minnesota Mod Driver crowned King of America. We'll get to that. Big news for us Minnesota people. That was pretty awesome down in Humboldt. Some race fan feedback. A little bit of cancel culture striking again. We'll talk about that. I'll let you talk a little bit more about that than me, probably. The posse 
continues to roll. Not that posse. We'll get to that just a little bit. Our picks, bold predictions. But first, I'll put a blast to the past, Bert. Um, and before we get to a blast to the past, you know, a little shout out impact health sharing. You know, my, my better half, Bert, Brenda, she fell on the steps here about a month ago. Literally fell on the steps. Bad deal, right? And she ended up uh, dislocating her shoulder, tore some stuff in her shoulder. Well, she unfortunately has some medical issues, so she's not eligible for impact health sharing. She has traditional health insurance. I've had people ask me, well, it's health sharing that you have, Ryan. It's not health insurance. I'm, I'm a little skeptical. Bert, it's been a month, literally a month, and she still hasn't got results back from her MRI because the insurance company, she had jacked her around so long that she couldn't even get in to get one. Unbelievable what these insurance companies do. If you're dealing with something like that, or if you're paying too much, or if you're just sick of you know spending so much money on health insurance, I might have a solution for you. Um, shoot me a text, 218-969-1380. See if I can help you. I've been able to help people save a lot of money. But Bert, regular traditional health insurance companies, they're for profit. You know what I mean? They're 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 in business to make money. Impact health sharing is a nonprofit. So there's no reason for them to jack you around and not pay your bill. So with that said, episode 170. Do you have any 170s? I do not have any 170s. How about 70? I have I have um, a good number right here. I ha I have some. All right. <laughs> We're going to let you go first, Bert. What do you got? Who do you got on? You know, let, let's do this. We haven't done this before. Let's kind of go back and forth, right? You do one, I'll do one, you do one, I'll do one. So who do you have first on number 70? Uh, well, first, I'm going to start with a driver who actually still races, but he he started with number 70, but he's he has a different number now. So um, give, give, if he's what class is he in? Um, all of the above. <laughs> um, he, he, he races, he races, uh, IMCA modified, a dirt late model, and also IMCA stock car. At Shano? Shano and other area tracks in Eastern Wisconsin. Mike Mullen? Yes. <laughs> really? Good. Yes. I, that was just, a, that was just a guess. Mighty Mike Mullen started with a 70. Tell us a little bit about it. Um, what well, I'm assuming um, he went with number 70 because his dad is number 72. So uh, I'm assuming, um, you know, it had, you know, the numbers were close to each other. So I'm assuming it, it has something to do with that. I don't know that for sure, but that's my assumption. <laughs> all right. All right. He's fun to watch. I actually, I enjoy, uh, what is it? What's the video? The video guy over there is that Mike's racing yeah. video set with it. Yeah, he does Mike's such video. a good job. Hopefully, he does it again this year. And uh, I've been able to watch a lot of races from Shano. Mike Mullins a stud. He he can flat out wheel a race car. He's really yep. fun to watch. So I'm gonna go with a late model guy. I think he's from Central Wisconsin. This is back in the '80s. He didn't have a big storied career. I remember just a short stint of this guy big guy i think he i think i think he passed a couple of years ago if he hasn't and i'm sorry but i from the people i talked to it sounds like i think he did do you remember a guy by the name of ron goss no i don't 
So if you're if you're an Eau Claire area person, Rice Lake, Central Wisconsin, if you have a little tidbit on Ron Goss, share it with us in the comments, text us, shoot us a message in Messenger. I personally would love to hear more about this guy. I remember he sold one of his cars to Tom Stiding and Tom taped over the zero and he ran it up at the Labor Day shootout in Hibbing, that very car and had a seven on it. Other than that, I don't know much about some pictures. Your turn. What do you got? Um, this driver, um, he raced IMSA modified and then he switched to a uh, uh, Soda Late model. It must, had to have been like in the early 2000s, I would say, when uh, this took place. Uh, he actually bought a uh, former Terry Casey late model, and that's what he raced. Um, and his name is uh, MJ Hints. Um, oh. I um, don't know a lot about him. He did, he did win at least one late model feature, which is, you know, an accomplishment, you know, to only race a few years in a late model and uh, to, to, to win a feature. Uh, he may have won more than one, um, but uh, he only raced the late model for a few years, and then uh, he stepped away from racing, and uh, that was that. <laughs> that. That was at Shano? Is that where he yes. won a feature yes. at Shano? Okay. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to go to the Superstock ranks here. I'm going to kind of <laughs> bring, it, bring it back to Chisholm, Minnesota, my hometown, of course. And I remember the C70 of Chris Manor. So he ran in the super stock division. And then he had a, like a lot of us did, he kind of got into it with the people running hipping at the time and said, screw that place. And he started running down at Rice Lake on Saturdays for a couple of years. And, you know, he had an auto shop for quite a while there up in the, up on the iron range and married a friend of the family. I think he's married. I'm pretty sure they're married. But anyway, they changed the number of the car, Bert, from 70 to R. It was just an R, right? Like, what the hell is that? Why would you have an R on your car? Well, I asked that very question. His wife, Sherry, said, it's our car. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay, so basically, if you have a spouse, right, a significant other willing to fork money into your habit, let her help you pick the number because you're already winning. Okay, so that's what he did. Very, very good wisdom there by Chris Manner. You got any more? <laughs> Uh, yeah one final one um he's um out jerry smith uh he raced at shano speedway in um i don't know if he raced in the 60s but he definitely raced in the 70s uh, he's known as medina smith because that's the town that that he came from um but uh he's in the shano speedway hall of fame he was one of the top runners in the 1970s uh he, he's won at least one track championship at Shano Speedway. So uh, he was, he's, one, he's one of the top drivers in the history of the Speedway. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So I have, I have three more. I got two that will be very brief, and then I got one that's kind of a cool story. But Rick Simpson. So Rick Simpson, the 70K, he was a super stock driver. I ran against him kind of in the mid-2000s. Strong runner, came down from Thunder Bay, Ontario, um, ran against him in Superior, ran against him quite a bit in Proctor. And the Simpson family as a whole is very strong racing culture up in Thunder Bay. Of course, David Simpson, I believe he got second last year in the National uh, 
uh, title race for the Midwest Mods. That would, I believe, a nephew of his. But Rick Simpson actually ran the first year back for the Thunder City Speedway. Um, he ran that last year in Thunder Bay. He's not running it this year. Rumor has it he's going to be back behind the wheel of a super stock again. So pretty excited to see him. Another guy I have, Bert, is a hobby stock guy from my back in my roots. I started racing in 1990. One of the guys I raced against, Larry Mackey friend of mine, Larry Sanders, actually, he's with my cousin. He shot me over that. He says, don't forget about Larry. I'm like, I won't. Larry, Larry was a cool dude. And he passed. We, they have, they've had a Larry Mackey memorial up at the Grand Rapids Speedway multiple times. But I remember him running, I think it was a 1970 Impala Blue. He used to haul it to the racetrack, Burton. This was still in the 90s. He literally hauled it backwards behind his tow truck to the racetrack. He would unhook it, and then he would actually help with the tow truck if if it wasn't a race of his he don't be out there and help so kind of a cool story uh one of the nice guys of the sport you know another guy gone way too soon the mackey family very strong in grand rapids another one so buddy my lauren he sends me over pretty much every week he's like hey i got one for you i got one for you he sends me some stuff and he sent me a, a name ken strike i believe that's how it's pronounced it's not spelled that way but i think that's how it's pronounced but ken strike was I think it was in a hobby stock. It might have been a different name for the class Bert, back, back in the day. So this guy lived in, I think, Proctor. He worked at Budget Auto Repair in Proctor, right? So get this. He built a car, and this was when Lauren was a kid. So he's not quite as old as me, but he's dang close. All right? So that brings it back to how long ago this was. But this guy built a hobby stock and literally left the windows in it. And he drove it during the winter after the car was race ready. He drove it, right, kind of as a daily driver. And Lauren can remember this guy driving by in a race car. He'd be like, that's the coolest thing ever. And then he knocked, he took the windows out, went racing. And he said, yeah, the windows really weren't going to go back in it after the racing season. And his wife painted a big Garfield on the roof. But imagine that, right? Talk about <laughs> promoting, right? How good of promoting is it when somebody builds a car and they're like, ah, I'm just going to use this as a daily driver until the season starts. I don't think you'd get by with that today, but that is super, super cool. And uh, he has some pretty cool pictures. That he, uh, sent well, well, to, and there are um, street legal late models and modifieds. Have you ever seen those on the road? I haven't. I, haven't. I mean, I have well, they used to have one on display at Cedar Lake, a street legal late model. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I've seen videos of street legal uh, uh, dirt late models and uh, uh, modifieds. <laughs> I, I had a guy, Bert, a friend of the family, he actually painted for me for a little while. And uh, they, they've recently, or, you know, in years past, moved away. But he come out to the shop, right? You know, and I'm working on the car and he's like, hey, you still got all your old bodies all back? I said, yeah, most of them are back there. So he drives all back with us. I think it was a S10 or a Ford Ranger, some little truck, right? He's like, can I take some of them? I'm like, I don't care, whatever. You know, not a big deal. Next, So he grabbed some. I didn't think nothing of it. Next thing you know, there's a dude driving around, right, with like 71A riveted to the side of his pickup truck. I wish I had pictures of that. And if somebody, I don't have to maybe get a hold of the top. He might still, he might have pictures of that, but that was, I, at first I'm like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? But then I think back, like, well, that's kind of cool. I wish I would have, uh, I well, wish I would have been a little more excited about it at the time. 
you probably wish you still had your door panels. You could probably sell them for $500 a piece like Bloomquist does. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about all that. You might need a tech shot maybe for some of them. Like that have like a disclaimer. Like if you buy this, you better be like have a tetanus shot and all that type of stuff. I do wish I had some of my old uh, door panels. Actually, I do wish I had some. Um, another thing he mentioned about Ken here. So back in the day, I don't know if they did this in Shano. I'm assuming they probably did because racetracks used to do all kinds of cool stuff. But they had a, a poster night for fans. So, so fans could literally make big posters. And then they actually had a contest. Who won the contest? Who had the big poster? And he actually sent me a picture of that. So if you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook, you're seeing it. If you're on the podcast, you might want to jump on. But it's just a picture of all the different fans with their posters at the track. Back when kids, right, there used to be a lot of kids at the racetrack. We got to get back to that. But uh, kind of a cool story, kind of a throwback from Lawrence. So I uh, appreciate that, buddy. Any Anything else on the 70s there before we jump on to the next topic here? Nope, I don't have any any others. <clears throat> well, the big race weekend for, for us with soda people, northern Midwest people, they had the King of America and the Battle at the Bull Ring. Humboldt's big event they have every single year in March. Mother Nature claimed one of the nights, but the fact is the big money, right? The King of America went back to the great state of Minnesota, Bert. Before I get into that, we'll stall it out. Brad Parson Egg Solutions. The snow's melting, right? Frost is going away. That means that crops are going to go in the ground, right? And if you're going to put crops in the ground, you're putting them in the ground because you're hoping to make money. You're hoping to have a, a plentiful harvest, right? When it's all said and done, get the right chemicals, get the right products. He has all kinds of different stuff, right? He's got lots of stuff. You know, give him a call. It's 320-219-3542. Again, 320-219-3542. He has all, all kinds of data, all kinds of testing this farming stuff over my head, right? Over my head. I like food, right? Far farmers, you know, thank a farmer if you like to eat, right? So the fact of the matter is the right chemicals will give you the right results. And if you want better yield, better profitability, get a hold of Brad because he's had really, really good results over the last couple of years, primarily, right? Western Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota. He's got some great products out there and I've heard great things about them. So get, get a hold of them for sure. So, Let's jump into Humboldt. Bert, did you get a chance to jump on to Race and Dirt and watch any of Humboldt? I did not. I I was going to, but I got busy doing other things, and I did not get, get to see any of the racing down there. Uh, I did see a picture we're, of Terry We're, we're going to talk. I, okay. I did... Uh, I did see a picture of Terry Phillips though being interviewed and he was bundled up in a heavy jacket and a heavy stocking cap. So it must've been cold down there. It, it was really warm, I guess, on practice night. Then it got cold and rainy and it kind of cooled off pretty much everywhere over the last week. So it didn't really look pleasant. And, and the crowd kind of reflected that. Um, I think the crowd was a little bit better on, on Saturday, but Thursday it was a ghost town in the grandstands and, you know, race and dirt had the coverage so you can stay warm and watch it but so let's jump into this so night number one usmts action tp terry phillips in his new bloodline chassis parked in victory lane a little choked up for a little bit choked up in victory lane why 
he decided earlier that day he's officially retiring from dirt late model racing. So okay. essentially he graduated, right? He's moved up into the mods. <laughs> Just kidding, late model guys. But I mean, he's had a great career. He won a couple of crown jewels. He talked about he should have, like some of the coulda, woulda, shoulda type deals. But I tell you what, Terry Phillips has nothing to hang his head about. That guy's had an amazing career and he still is, right? He's literally leading the USMTS points and rumors have it. That's a pretty big payday if you win that deal. <laughs> and, um, I know we've talked on about this on the show before, but uh, how many different chassis brands are there for modifieds? Like two thousand? Uh, yeah, they're eight hundred and seventy-two. <laughs> I think. I think is my last count. There's a bunch. There's a bunch. You know, so he had GRT forever. You know, yeah. but Joe Garrison a couple of years back, I don't remember how long ago it was, but Joe Garrison passed, right? And I don't know who's running the place now, but it sounds like it's not quite the same as when Joe ran it. So Terry decided to go do his own thing. I mean, he's pretty darn loyal for a long time, but you're right. I mean, there's offshoots of everything out there, right? I mean, heck, the guy that so the guy that won in the Midwest mod, I mean, he's got his own chassis, J2. But let's get back to the the that's a good <laughs> question. There's a bunch. There, there's a bunch for sure. Um, as far as our area, guys, Jake Tim was scheduled to start second row. Well, he did start second row. I don't know what happened. Maybe somebody knows they can post I, in the comments, you know, go down in the YouTube comments. Did you see what I happened? Th- I think he posted on Facebook that uh, um, a belt came off. I don't, I can't remember what belt, okay. but some sort of belt came off. Might, might have been. I think they have, I think they have uh, belt driven oil pumps on those, but I'm not, I think they do, but I'm not positive. So that might be the case because it shut off in an instant. He was second row. And boom, coming to turn one, car shut off, guy got into him. I think Ebert got into him, actually. So tough break for the point leader, Jake Tim. Um, Ebert was strong. You know, he battled kind of second, third the whole race. Bert, he ended up fourth in that one. TP won, he was second. Ryan Gustin, because there was no late model action, he got third. And uh, the other top kind of, I would call him an area guy, not necessarily a Wasota guy, but Alex Williamson, 21st to 12th. So that's a good run for Alex. He actually won a USMTS race at Mod Wars, I don't know, it was, I think two years ago at Ogilvy. So he's a fun guy to watch on a limited budget. Um, night number two for the USMTS mods, 60 lap A main. Rain is coming in. Picture this. They did no auto, they didn't do any uh, of the post race stuff for the B mods. They didn't do their traditional four wide salute. Todd Staley said, We got to get the show on the road. We got 12 grand to win. It is literally a 60 lap feature. We got 25 minutes. We got to get this shit together and we got to go now, right? What a call, Bert. It started raining literally when they were doing post-race. Unbelievable. Great call by Todd Staley on that one. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see them do that because, I mean, how many times have we been at a race where they, you know, dick around, dick around and, you know, the fans know the rain is coming and they just keep prolonging it. And then you get like five laps in and then the rain comes. So yeah, good job. 100 push through. Absolutely. Correct. I, I 100. I mean, he's doing a great job. That USNPS series, Bert is unbelievable. The car cones are great. The payouts are great. You know, there's a lot of buy-in. There's a lot of hype. I mean, he's Todd Staley's doing an awesome job with the USMTS series. So, Big news for us, though, Dan Ebert. I'm pumped for him. I've known Dan for a long time. Don't know him well, 
but I mean, I've had, I've had a lot of interactions with them. You know, every time we see each other, we're friendly, you know, not, I, I would I'd call him a friend. I, you know, I, I guess we don't really hang out or whatever, but really nice guy, good family, sharp guy, Bert eighth to first. He, it's not like, Hey, I started in the front row, got it done, held on. Terry Phillips started on the front row, led a big chunk of that deal, rolling the middle. And here comes Dan Ebert on the bottom. The car just rotated so nice. He's in a Mullins chassis this year. Tanner Mullins builds him. He actually was in a lethal. Nothing wrong with the lethal, lethals, but this seems like it's fitting him well. He's kind of adapting very quickly. Ebert is the only guy right now in the USMTS that has not finished out of the top 10 yet. So it's a tight point battle. Terry Phillips leading the points. Dan Ebert is only one point behind him. So he's right there. So Ebert, Ebert is strong. I said earlier in the year he's going to win five features, one down, four to go, keep on rolling in that 60. Jeremy Nelson was a Wissota guy last year in USRA. He had a pretty solid run. He finished in the top 10, got ninth. Bert, a guy that literally has been, I, I'd say he's kind of been struggling here with maybe the last couple of years, Rodney Sanders, 30th to fourth. 30th to fourth. That's impressive. That's yeah, that's very impressive. <laughs> that, that that's probably about the best I've seen that 20 car in a while. So they've been struggling with that MB a little bit. I don't know what it there might be more to it, but it, it looked good there, right? If, if there would have been a late caution, I'm not saying he would have won because Ebert was really, really good on the bottom, but he might have been up on the podium. So good run for Rodney Sanders. In the BMOD division, it was the Chris, the, the K Jackson, right? Chris Jackson dominated both nights in our pickums like everybody except well carl picked joe chisholm he didn't even show up that that's i, I called basically i texted him like where were you he said carl picked me i'm not even gonna go because i might <laughs> accidentally win he might get points i can't have that all right just kidding carl i don't think that's what happened but yeah joe chisholm and i picked rodine and i think i jinxed him man he had a rough week but um chris jackson got it done Night number one, the top with soda guy, Zach Benson in the 17B. 16th to ninth, solid run for him. Um, Rodine was actually running kind of third, fourth kind of battling there, pounded it into a lap car. Um, a lap car broke going on the back straightaway, and he was kind of tucked in. They, they kind of went to the bottom, the guys he was racing with, and there's that car. He clipped him with the right rear, cut the tire, ripped all the deck tin and everything off. A tough break for Lucas Rodine. It was a nightmare. They call him the nightmare. His weekend was a nightmare. He was the reigning champ. He won the battle at the Bullring last year. That was on Saturday. He was leading the heat. Caution comes out. I haven't talked to him. Not sure what broke, but the car shut off. Had to get pushed in. So then he had to start last in the B and uh, was dismissed a transfer spot by a, a, a spot or two. But Rodine was fast. He was in the conversation, but just absolutely no luck. Um, as I said, Chris Jackson won night two. Top was Soda Guy on night two. Adam Brotherton, solid run for the here on South Dakota driver, 17th to the ninth. He's a perennial powerhouse in Wasoda. Pretty much always a top five in national points kind of guy. Looking for him to have a big year this year. But like I said, Terry Phillips, one point lead over Dan Ebert. And I like Terry Phillips. I'm an old school guy, but I got to be honest. I want that check to stay in Minnesota where it belongs. So keep on rolling. Dan Ebert in the 60. Bert, fan feedback. Anything else on uh, Humboldt before? Uh, well, I just wanted to watch much or whatever. 
I, I just wanted to say one of the cool things was uh, with the late model races getting called early, it was kind of fun watching Facebook to see if any late model drivers were going to be racing at uh, racing with the USMTS. I mean, you said Dustin was there and uh, RTJ was racing a Harris house car, correct? Yeah, he got there. He's running one of the 21 cars, Kyle Brown's ride. He got there and he got second in the heat and right away in the feature. I think he broke a tie rod, ended up DNFing in the feature, but it would have been fun to watch. And he, he actually said he's going to be running that car again a little okay. bit more. So keep an eye on uh, keep an eye on RTJ. He's going to be running a Harris car. That's pretty cool. So, Bert, we got some fan feedback here this week. And before we do, a little shout out to these guys right here, buyracesearch.com. So race teams, I mean, we all like to have apparel, right? Got to showcase your sponsors, show, you know, promote your brand, promote yourself. If you're getting race shirts, hoodies, hats, you name it, or if you're a series, a track, or just a business, or have a, a club or whatever, go to buyracesearch.com. Jordan Tollickson and the crew do a fantastic job. They have great artwork. They have simple designs. They have, you know, super fancy designs, whatever you want in any price point. If you want just a few shirts or a lot, they can take care of you by research.com. So Andy shot a message over. Okay. And uh, he had basically a question. He said, guys, thanks for some great content. It really helps the week go by fast when we have a show to listen to miss um, Puka, even though flat bill hats are dumb. <laughs> I agree. We miss them too. And yes, flat bill hats are dumb. So we agree on that. So Andy's question was this. He said the Wissota season is is right around the corner it's like we're literally a week couple weeks away from hopefully right hopefully we get some april <laughs> racing in but the wasota season is it's right close he goes it's uh, who do you got for preseason wasota national champions and maybe a dark horse to go with it he goes who do you guys got and he said i i know it, i know it's tough to pick them right now because we don't even know who's racing for points or whatever but if you had to pick right now who would your picks be? So in the late, did you, did you write down some picks for yourself, Bert? Uh, I did not write down any picks, but I mean, obviously when we get to super stocks and modifieds, I have some drivers in mind as to who will win national points. All right. Well, let's start with late models. Okay. Do you have a pick on the Wissota national championship for late models? Um, it's got to be somebody from the um, Dakotas or, you know, Minnesota, because it can't be a Wisconsin driver because there's not enough tracks in Wisconsin to win a national. Well, they did go to, they, they did go to the top 20 shows this year only right in late models. So that, okay. that's a okay. little bit of a change, but I'll tell you who my pick is. Okay. My pick is Cole Searing. He, did, he won the Challenge Series last year, the National Championship the year before, did not run enough shows to win a national title in 2022, but with 20 shows, I would say this young gun is probably the top Wissota late model driver right now. I mean, A.J. Demel, I would say, is clearly number one, but he runs like four times a year, right. so that's kind of tough. But Cole Searing is, is a very, very good race car driver. My dark horse? I'm going to piss off my old pit guy, Jim, when I say this. It's kind of sacrilegious, maybe, for me to say this. My dark horse is Dave Moss. Um, with Ogilvy, 
making the transition and they got several nights they're running late models on Saturday nights, he is going to be an absolute contender for a national championship in the late model. The two car is super fast. Any, any thoughts on uh, the late model picks? You got a name you want to throw out there? Um, is there a Ellington? Close. Shane Edgington. Edgington. Yeah. yeah. That, that's yep. a name. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Shane, no hate mail for birds. He's from Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean, he don't I mean, know he, any better, right? He's usually uh, a top runner. He, he usually races uh, quite, quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, Shane's a good runner for sure. He, he He's solid, and he's always in the hunt. He's been on the podium for the national championship several times, so um, a hungry racer, kind of one of the young guys. So Shane Edgerton is your guy. How about the Wasota Modified Division? Well, I mean, you have to say TPO and uh, Shane Sabraski are going to be um, battling it out like they usually do for the top spot. Okay. All right, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Um, I'm going to add one of the max. I think he's hungry. Johnny Broking. I, that's who I figured you were going to say. Yeah, he said that he's going to run for it. Now, here's the deal. I talked to the TPO camp, not necessarily Tyler himself, but some, some TPO camp, and they said, Johnny, not a championship caliber driver, ain't going to get it done. I talked to some people in the Broking camp, and they said, TPO ain't going to win three in a row. He, not with me racing for it. Bert, quite honestly, these two don't really, they're not, they're not friends. They, they don't like each other. <laughs> this could be the best rivalry. And this is no disrespect to Shane because if Shane's racing a modified, he's in the hot conversation, but everybody likes the guy, right? It's like, it's almost borderline anno annoying. Like Shane, I love you, man. I love, love you, but good grief. Like, like, we need to we need to like fabricate some kind of a rivalry with Shane Sabraski well, because everybody likes the guy. Forty five J one TPO, they're like oil and water, Bert. This is going to be a great rivalry. I mean, we we spent the whole segment last week uh, talking about uh, rivalries and the need for them because they they add an extra element to racing that draws fans to the stands and so yeah if you can get those two battling it out um it's good for racing it's good for the tracks that they race at and you know it's a win-win for for the fans uh maybe not for them but <laughs> <laughs> yeah it might be expensive for them they both drive hard i tell you what <laughs> is there i mean the wasota 100 last year when you had those very three right the one TPO, well, it was 33 TPO there, but you had Tyler Peterson, Shane Sabrasky, Johnny Broking in a just absolute dogfight to win the Wasota 100. I think your national points chase in the Wasota Modifieds is going to be exactly the same thing all year long. Keep an eye. That is going to be the best battle all year. How about in the Wasota Superstocks? Um, well, and obviously the top guy that comes to mind is Shane Sabrasky. Um, never heard of her, never heard of her. <laughs> I, it's pretty tough to bet against the seven. Eight. I'm telling you what, yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, and I'm telling you what, my dark horse pick in this deal is Dexton Cook, okay, because Dexton is hungry, he wants a national championship. He was, he was over 20 feature wins last year. I'm telling you, it's gonna take 30, right? Because if Shane Sabrasky's in a super. You got to win 30 to be in the conversation. 
Daxton Cook is a guy that races all over the place. This could be a fun battle here, but until proven otherwise, in the Superstock division right now, Shane Sabraski is the man, period. End of discussion. Midwest Modifieds. Um, I'm not as familiar with Midwest Modified, so I'm not sure if I'm going to be That's able- all right. I got, I got it from here. I got it from here. So in the Midwest <laughs> Modified division, I'm going to go with the guy that won it this past year, Jake Smith. That's my pick. They race a lot. And, and I look, right, he got a, he got a ton of grief. Like, oh, he's a cherry picker. He's racing against six cars. Well, when I come back and I, I'm doing my, uh, my power ranking shows here, they're starting up in, in, a, in about a week or so. I went through his, he won some special events last year. He won some bigger races. He did win a lot of races that had lower car counts, but he also won big races. And he was only, I think he was only 18 years old. So he's just a young guy. Tell you what. He's going to be hungry to go out there and do it again. The dark horse in this deal, Zach Benson. Um, he, if not for bad luck, he'd have no luck. Super fast, very, very good race car driver. Had a couple of years where he just, he kind of started getting into a little bit of a rhythm. Boom, he'd break and it would just kind of go to hell from there. So Jake Smith, my pick. Zach Benson, my dark horse. In the Wissota Street Stock Division. Sounds to me like your reigning champ's not going to race this year. Kyle Dykoff, uh, nobody likes a quitter. He said, well, you quit. I'm like, they didn't like me to begin with. That's different, right? That's just, he's like, well, they don't all like me either. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. All right. So Kyle Dykoff, not going to win. Justin Vogel is my pick. Vogel has been absolutely the king of second place finishes. Last year, he had more wins than, than he had the year before. But man, oh, man. Um, a guy that got a lot of seconds, Justin Vogel, absolutely hungry to get his second with Soda National Championship. The dark horse, this is going to piss somebody off. Jeff Brower, I love you, man. Both your kids are super fast, but they're going to take wins away from each other. I hope one of them wins. I like both of them, okay? But my dark horse, Tucker Peterson. A guy, a kid from over in Grand, remember, you know, Joey Peterson, he runs a late model over there in Grand Forks. That's his dad, Tucker Peterson, won a lot of races, young kid, um, actually starting to get a little bit more of a rhythm. If he runs enough, I know he's going to, I believe he's going to run every Friday and Saturday. Not sure what he's going to run beyond that, but that's another guy to keep an eye on. Mod four division, Dustin Holdquist is my pick to get that done. Him and Tommy Bowden are going to have a heck of a battle all year long for that top spot in the national title race. That's going to be fun to watch. In the pure stock division, I'm going to go with the guy that had a late surge last year, tried to get it. I think he got either second or third. Josh Berg from over in the Bemidji area. That's my pick right now to win the Natty in the Wissota pure stock division. Corey Jorgensen's last year champ. Not sure if he's running a pure stock, but if he is, he's going to be in the conversation. And I'm going to give some love to the Hornets, Bert. I'm going to give some love to the Hornet guys, too. Justin Barsness from Grand Rapids, Minnesota. He won a lot of specials last year, won a lot of races. He's, he's a young kid. That is my pick. The Dark Horse, another young kid from the area, Carter Matthews. So keep it in mind. We got a show. We got shows coming out here in about a week, maybe two. <laughs> the power rankings. Where it's going to be follow the One to Go show page, right, on YouTube. Okay, start following the one to go show on YouTube, right? Because and, I'm and, gonna do it. And click like, 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 as Puka would say. Like, like everything. Like, like, share, share that, all that good stuff. 
Yes. <laughs> and because we're going to be doing, I'm going to be doing a, a weekly recap for all of these classes all year long and uh, doing power rankings, keeping people up to speed, what's going on in the, in the regional race car world here, especially with soda. So I'm excited for that. So speaking of the area, <clears throat> has some, it was car, kind of a car show weekend. You know, seasons coming, car show time. I want to give a tip of the cap. Big shout out, um, hats off to the crew over at the Red Cedar Speedway in Menominee, Wisconsin. Every year, Bert, they do a bang up job. They have, I, I think it's at the hockey arena, but I'm not sure. It's right at the fairgrounds, I believe. But they have a car show and they have all kinds of other activities along with the car show. And uh, my buddy Dan was down there and he was kind of digging, got a little, little bit of info for us. And first thing he, he sent me a picture of an 81, Ashley Anderson. I'm like, well, there's that Ashley Anderson. Them are small tires, super stock. Ashley Anderson's boys are getting into the super stock division. They're going to share a car to start with. And then once the other car's done, they're actually going to both have super stocks. So that'll be a third generation of Andersons out there. Super excited for that, for all the people in the Menominee area. And he actually found out. So you ever wonder like how people got their number, right? You know, and he's like, how did you come up with 81? I did not know this, right? I did not know this, but you know, he, he reported back. I think he talked to Jen, which is Ashley's wife and sounds like Ashley had a brother that was tragically killed in a plane crash and, and it was flight number 81. And that's how we ended up with the number 81. So that is, uh, you know, it's just one of those things right there. How did you get your number? Well, that's, you know, a good memory there. It'd be, it'd be not a good memory, but a good way to remember right, right. brother, of course, you know, but uh, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to maybe have a sit down and just chat with Ashley and, and hear a little <laughs> bit more about his brother because obviously it was somebody special, but Ashley Anderson moving into a late model, selling the mod, moving into the late model. And I tell you what, he is, it don't matter what he gets in, late model, modified, super stock, wheelbarrow, wagon, I don't care, right? The dude flat out wins races and he will be competing for wins and winning races in that late model. Speaking of his kids that jumped into the supers, Bert, his boys, um, Hillman. So Ben Hillman, who jumped back into a super last year, thorn in the side of Jesse Radetzky, he actually sold the supers back to Ashley, got the jig back. He's jumping into a, into a modified First time in 50 years that a Hillman car is going to have a Chevy under the hood. Big Mopar guys, Bert, 50 years of racing. They've always had Mopar. So Chevys for the Hillman. His dad, Jan Hillman, was one of the great runners down in Menominee for a long time. Daniel Bargander, modified guy, right, Bert? Nope. Late model. New late model guy. New late model guy. Daniel Bargander, KME across the front of it. If you're from northern Minnesota, you know what that means. Bert, you're a late model guy. What does KME mean? It means that Pat Capella sponsors you with Capella Machine and Equipment. I think it's Machine Equipment. I think that's what it is. I hope I'm right. But KME, <laughs> that's Pat Capella. He actually is a huge proponent of the 525 crate. Everybody's got their opinions. But he is sponsoring the Bargender ride, which means what? Daniel Bargender in an MB with a 525 crate under the hood. James Nitro Giassi, his car was in the car show. That was not a 525 under the hood. From what I understand, I'm, I could be wrong on this, but the, the people that told me, they said that he has two cars. One's going to be the open car, 
He also has a Wasota car KME on it. Sounds like he's also going to be running a 525, maybe not all the time, but definitely some of the time. So interesting to see these 525 crates kind of making their way, but pretty cool stuff. They do a great job down in Menominee. Um, there's not a lot of car shows to go, uh, go on. I know that you were excited about a car show that you were going to this past weekend. You were going to have a booth there. How, how did it go? Yeah, I, I, I was excited. And um, the car show was supposed to start at, uh, at noon. So I got there at about 11 o'clock uh, because I, di I didn't have much to set up. Walked in the building and there's like four people in the building. Uh, no, no, no race cars other than the ones that are normally in there. And I think, is there another part of this building? And so then I went to the Channel Speedway Facebook page and uh, um, it said that car show was canceled because of the fire chief of Clintonville. Um, so, okay. Uh, what, what's going on? And I, see, I'm going to ask you, I ask you just a quick question and I'm going to let you go. Are there donkey awards to be awarded here? Do we have donkey awards? Well, coming out? It's, it's, it's a situation where if everybody had it to do over again, everybody would do things differently. <laughs> let's, let's put it that way. Um, Clintonville, the city that the car show was supposed to be held in is about uh, 15, 20 minutes from Shano. But Clintonville is, uh, um, before I got a different job in 2017, I was the editor of the Clintonville Tribune Gazette newspaper. So I covered the city of Clintonville and since I left as editor, I still cover the city of Clintonville on a part-time basis. So um, since this happened in my city, let's say, <laughs> I had to write a story about it. So uh, um, I contacted the fire chief, I contacted the city administrator, I contacted Brad Lipke, the promoter from Shano Speedway, and I left messages with the owner of the building that the car show was supposed to be held in. And um, basically what I found out, I mean, uh, I, actually, I, um, the story I wrote, I wrote a 1600 word story about what happened <laughs> and it, it's online. So I'll share the link in the messages uh, once this show is posted. So if other people want to, it, it's been shared 24 times already. I mean, race fans are just passionate. And, um, but uh, basically what I found out was um, the fire chief said he did not cancel the show. Um, and basically what Brad Lipke told me was that, you know, he was planning, he's been planning this show for weeks, uh, but he was dealing directly with the owner of the building. And the owner of the building, as we found out, has been having some issues. Well, let, let's reverse that. The city has been having some issues with the owner of the building um, because the building is an old Shopco building. I don't, you know, Shopco filed bankruptcy several years ago. So they had all these vacant buildings and uh, the owner of the building bought the building on a lease to own basis. But he's like building a little mini mall type thing inside the building. And it's because, because he's building that there's different uh, fire codes and building codes because there is a car show held in this building last year at this time. 
And that was one of my questions I had for the city administrator is what's changed since last year? You know, there was a car show in that building last year. What's changed to this year? And she said that um, now that there's businesses inside the, bu the building, there are different fire codes and building codes that have to be followed. And that building does not meet those, uh, those codes for a car show to be held inside the building. Um, so, I mean, Brad told me that, you know, if he would have known that there's an issue with codes and, you know, building codes, fire codes, you know, he would have never, you know, even attempted to plan uh, a car show in the building. But, um, you know, he was dealing directly with the owner of the building. The city was uh, expressing their concerns to the owner of the building, but none of the messages were going from the city to Brad and from Brad to the city. So um, ultimately, uh, I mean, the owner of the building, he used to race um, on dirt. Now he actually races like BMW cars and he races all over the world actually. Um, so, I mean, he wasn't trying, I, th I think ultimately, you know, he was trying to do a good thing and help promote racing, help bring people to Clintonville to his building. And I don't think that he thought the city was going to put the, the clamps down like they did and, uh, but they did. And Brad said he had to cancel it, you know, once. You know, because the city said that they could hold the car show, but all the cars had to be outside. Well, it was 40 degrees outside and it was, uh, I mean, only only like 40 minutes away, they got 20 inches of snow. So, I mean, you can't, I mean, and that's the unfortunate thing too, is, you know, some of the drivers that were going to set up there, you know, since it was only canceled like two hours before the show was supposed to start, you know, they were out, they already were on their way. And they were driving through a snowstorm to get to the building. And, you know, Brad said he felt bad about that, um, you know, because the drivers were willing to spend the day there. And I mean, there's a lot of buzz about about the show. And I think it would have been very, very well attended. Uh, but uh, it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> On the outside looking in, and I, I don't know the first thing about all the details. The fire, in my opinion, right, the fire chief, I mean, come on, guy, right? I mean, like, it's a car show. Like, I get, if, if he's really worried about it, make a rule that they got to drain the fuel cells and have no gas. Right? Not a big deal. Well, and, you know? and actually, that's what um, the owner of the building did tell Brad was, you know, you can't have any fuel in your fuel cells. You have to duct tape the caps onto the fuel cell and you have to disconnect your batteries. Um, but um, apparently that wasn't good enough. So, um, so, but I mean, I mean, it was, um, I mean, the city building inspector was involved, the state building inspector was involved. And I mean, it was, it was, it was a, a, a big deal. And uh, I mean, Facebook just completely blew up after after that happened and um it's unfortunate um there's a chance there may still be a shano speedway fan fest held this year uh but it would be held uh brad's talking to uh shano county uh if they can use the crawford center 
uh, which is actually located right behind the, the racetrack. Uh, it, it's a building uh, that um, they have hockey events in it, uh, but the hockey season's over now. So the hockey club uh, isn't using the building anymore. So maybe, maybe they'll be able to have fan fest in that building. So uh, we'll see. Is there still a shopping mall? Is there still a shopping mall in Shano? Well, not a mall in a typical sense. I mean, back probably 10 to 15 years, uh, Shano Speedway used to have a car show at uh, Bay Park Square Mall in Green Bay. I mean, they would they would park the cars throughout the shopping mall in Green Bay. And, um, you know, that that was actually uh, Brad's inspiration for doing a fan fest was, you know, he remembered uh, when the when the car show was held at that shopping mall. I remember the old shopping mall, you know, car shows in Hibbing. Those were great. And, and I actually liked those better than having like a separate location because you're going to get people aware of racing that really had no intent of like going to a race car show. Right. right. They're going to the mall, which they're really, thank God it wasn't in the Duluth mall. I mean, that would have been a bad well, thing. Right. And, you know? <laughs> and that's what, that's what's unfortunate about this situation too, is, I mean, we're, Clintonville is located drivers and fans from the Fox. I mean, you know where the Fox Valley is drivers and fans from the Fox Valley, Hortonville, New London areas. They have to drive right through downtown Clintonville every weekend to get to Shano. So, you know, it would have been a great, great publicity for the city of Clintonville if, if this could have happened. Uh, but unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. And like I said, you know, if everybody involved in the situation had it to do over again, things would have been done differently, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure Brad yeah, would have dealt, Brad would have dealt directly with the city. Hopefully the city would have contacted Brad directly and, you know, the building owner would have been um, more proactive in some things. But, you know, like I said, I think the building owner was trying to do a good thing and let them do the car show there but actually by letting by everything that happened it's really brought a lot of attention to his building now and you know not good attention so um you know <laughs> so you know i know he did you know i'm sure he didn't intend for all of this to happen he i like i said i think he was trying to do a good thing help promote racing help promote clintonville and um it kind of backfired on him all right, so I got it written out here. Bert said the fire chief's a jackass. I'm just no, kidding. No, he didn't, didn't say that. that. Come on now. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right, that's an unfortunate situation. I feel Brad probably was, he, he worked with the guy. He had no idea. I mean, I'm sure nobody talked to the fire chief, and that's on the building owner, but I guess uh, I guess it is what it is. You learn from those experiences and yeah. move on. So, I mean, speak I to mean, the movement. The, the fire chief, you know, I called him Saturday afternoon once everything started blowing up on uh, Facebook. Well, actually, I didn't call him. I left him a Facebook message and he called me within like 30 seconds <laughs> of me sending that message. So, uh, no, I mean, I, I've dealt with the fire chief before and, you know, he, he's always good at getting me information and stuff. So, uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, he told me he did not shut the show down and. Um, but I mean, the fire department was involved in, you know, they, they inspected, 
Supposedly, they, the fire department and the building inspector did an on-site visit to inspect the building. Uh, that was on the 23rd, two days prior. And it, uh, two days prior, they told the building owner um, via phone and the office or the business manager in person that the cars had to be outside. And, you know, this was two days before the show. But Brad didn't find that out until Saturday morning. So just, I mean, like so Brad you said, don't have to. There, there was a lot of uh, miscommunication. Yeah, you don't have to, Bert, but I am going to give a donkey award to the <laughs> owner of that building because, like, he knew what he was supposed to do. And I, I get it. He probably felt bad or whatever. But my goodness, guy, get a hold of Brad and at least let him know what's going on. You know, I mean, that was... That was a bad. It made Brad look. I don't think it made Brad look bad. Kind of did at the beginning, but I think a lot of people realize that had nothing to do with Brad. So mm-hmm. let's move on here. Uh, the posse stays hot, right? <laughs> before we get to that, before we get to that, Daytona won performance lubricants. Bert, there's there's literally one thing that connects a race car to the racetrack that's called tires. Tires are what wins a race. The problem is tires are your highest weekly expense. There might be a solution. So the founder of this company, Bert, he's actually in the Nassau Hall of Fame for lubricants. The guy knows he's very smart. Um, environmentally friendly lubricants. I've heard people saying, oh, man, all them, any tire treatment stuff and all that, it's all, it's all cancerous. It's all terrible. Not this stuff. This stuff is, is actually been tested. It's, it's environmentally safe. Okay. So if you're wondering about that, they got some great products. Okay. But the solution is what, how do we make our tires last just a little bit longer? Right. I'm not saying you're going to run a tire 12 nights, but if you typically run a tire two nights, is it fair to say it would be better for racing if you could run it three or four nights? Would that be better? Yes. Or yes. I'm going to go with yes. Okay. Well, a solution to that, Bert, is being able to treat those tires so they last longer, not softener, treat treat them. So when when tires are constructed, they actually are in a mold. They have to spray a release agent in the mold that gets into the rubber that causes problems, causes them to glaze over, causes all kinds of issues. The first thing they have is a product called Aqua. What does that do? Cleans the tire, gets all that crap that's not supposed to be in the tire out of the tire okay makes your tire perform better makes it not glaze over great product the next product is they have three different products right depends on which one you want to use but they have a treatment product that actually when you treat the tire is putting stuff back into the rubber filling those voids when you took up the wax right it's filling those voids with stuff that's supposed to be in it to make the tire more consistent now the benefit to this in its use, the crate late models, Bert, over in Fergus Falls and a couple other tracks, they allow this. This is this is a perfectly allowed deal. They, they run it every week. So the promoter, you know, Don Shaw promotes over at I-94. You know, I don't know that it's allowed in the, the treatment's not allowed in the Wasoda cars, but he allows it in the crate cars. So he's familiar with the product. And the fact is, it works. There's drivers running the tires twice as long or three times as long because they have to use used tires in that class and you can feel the tires you derometer them 
and it makes the tires more lively, more elastic, makes them better longer. Right now, with a with a Wissota tire or any tire, if you run it once or twice, it's hard to get that thing to refire over and over. That's what this product is, okay? Now, where can you get these products? The cleaning product, the treatment? Well, you can get them from Dirt Track Supply. They're going to have these products. Get a hold of Trevor. He has these products on hand. TRE over in Alexandria has them. Or if you want to be more discreet, right? If you're like, you know what? I don't care if it's legal or not. I'm not condoning cheating. I'm not condoning cheating. But if you're like, I, I literally cannot buy new tires every night. I can't do it. And you're like, screw it. I'm just going to run it. Whatever. And you want to be discreet. Just call Chad directly. 507 828-3536. Call him. And if you're curious about it, he will educate you on what it's all about, what these products can do. They have a lot more products, Bert. They got some stuff for engine builders. Frank Zuli, Zuli's race engines. They got some graphene stuff, you know, for, you know, so we'll get into that at another time here. But there's a lot of stuff that they have, not just the tire treatment stuff, but Daytona One Performance Lubricants, your solution to reducing the cost of weekly racing. I think it's a great deal. Now, the posse stays hot, Bert. When you think posse, what state do you think? Well, obviously you think of Pennsylvania. Yeah, I, so the PA posse, right? Well, that's done been replaced. <clears throat> now we got the CA posse. They won four of the last five World of Outlaw Sprint Car races. Talladega Short Track this past Friday night. Buddy Kofoid, his second career um, World of Outlaw win. He's won a lot, a lot of sprint car races, non-wing stuff, midget, you name it. Buddy Kofoid, young, young dude, and he got her done at Talladega. And at Magnolia, the big cat, Brad Sweet, 80th career feature win, fourth fastest to hit the 80 mark. Both those drivers, California drivers, Bert, did you watch any of those races? Uh, yeah, I watched. Uh, um, I saw the highlights uh, that the World of Outlaws put on on YouTube. Um, it looked like some pretty good, pretty good racing, close racing. Um, uh, Donnie Schatz was uh, a little racy in those races too. He was racing. He was. Front. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I, I I'd love to see Schatz park that thing in victory lane a little bit more often. But some of these young guys are maybe a little bit more, I don't want to say he's not brave, but some of these, he, he is probably a little bit more safe. Let's just put it that way. He's not quite as on the chip as he used to be back in the day, but he's still one of the best. Um, one thing that stuck out to me, Bert. So at Magnolia caution comes out, Brad sweets leading David gravel pulls up next to him on the outside. And he's kind of looking at the track and it, Johnny Gibson said, David Gravel letting Brad Sweet let let him know who's behind him. I'm like, oh man, that reminds me of me. He's up there kind of playing head games with them a little bit. So Bert, this is, in my opinion, this is going to be the battle. Brad Sweet has four straight World of Outlaw Championships right now, looking to get number five. David Gravel, he got second last year. He he's looking to get his first. Okay. Brad Sweet's hungry. He wants to win another one. He's still hungry. I'm telling you what, David Gravel is straight up focused. I mean, the, the conversations they have, 
all I mean, all the interviews, you can just see it in him. Like he is absolutely on a mission right now. That is going to be a fun battle between Brad Sweet and David Gravel this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, we both picked Gravel to win the championship. And um, actually, one of my bold predictions is that Brad Sweet is going to finish third um, in the standings because I think Carson Macedo is going to be uh, up there too this season, uh, challenging for, for top spots. Uh, remember, I mean, Carson... Uh, Macedo was up there last year and then I can't remember what it was for but he got docked like 100 points or something which really set him back so right. uh, uh, because without getting docked 100 points I mean he would have been right up there also last year so I think he's gonna he's gonna have a, a say in this battle also absolutely you know <clears throat> Jeff shot me over a video and he said, do you happen to watch the 602 late model feature? Because that was a support class, right? And, and I'm like, well, I didn't. He goes, you need to watch that. So I watched it. And, and I, I got to give a, like, what are you doing, right? I was like, Come on. What, what are you doing? I'll give a donkey award to this guy. So Callahan's his last name, right? Only 12 cars, 602 crates. I mean, pretty expensive starter class. So this guy's running second, Bert. Middle of the front straightaway, he fences it. Not hard, but enough to screw him up, and he falls back to fourth, right? So he got way out of shape. So it's not bad enough that, okay, I hit the wall in the front straightaway. I kind of, like, let's just gather ourselves. He's, he's, he's discombobulated through one and two, comes on the back straightaway, drives into the right rear of the third-place car, and sends that dude for a ride. It's like do you not know how to lift or what the brake pedal is? It's like, what is this thing here? I like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? So drivers, if you clip the wall in the front straightaway and you dump a guy and roll him over in the back straightaway, because you still haven't gathered yourself, get it together. Come on now. Like, what are we doing here? So that was, that was a pretty violent roll. The driver was okay. So that was good, but it was, I think six cars or whatever finished or whatever. I mean, they 602 crates, they tear some shit up. Let's just be honest. They, they know how to, they know how to tear stuff up for sure. So weekly pickums, Bert, before we get into the pickums, March is March, right? March madness, right? Final four coming up. Did you do a bracket? Were you on any brackets this year? I did not do a bracket this year. And I'm probably, I'm glad that I didn't because uh, I found that when I don't do brackets, I enjoy watching the games better because it, I can cheer, I can cheer for whoever I want to cheer for rather than hoping that the team I picked wins. <laughs> yeah, not a basketball show, but the the there's no top three seeds. Like first, second, third seeds, none of them made the final four. So I did a bracket. Jeff, Jeff actually sent those kind of we were kind of debating back and forth. He's like, Ryan's just pissy because Kansas lost because I think I might have picked them to go all the way, right? Well, it turns out, Bert, I won the bracket. We're not even to the final four yet. I won the bracket. Haven't watched the game. I literally had no clue what I was doing. I won the bracket. So, Jeff, I'm not mad anymore, bro. I'm just saying. Okay. So, our weekly pickums for racing, though, got to give a little love. Jeff's leading now. We got a new leader, right? Jeff is up front. I don't know if he's pencil screwing us. I'm not really sure, but Jeff is up front. He's at 35. Kurt's at 33. Mike's at 30. He, he got by me. I'm, I'm at 28. Kent's at 27, Brad and Dan at 26, Bert's at 20, which I like you back there. Just stay there. 
Carl's at 14. Carl's got a little work to do here. Um, he's going to have to try to get out of the cellar. This week, we're picking both days of the Illini 100 World of Outlaw Late Model um, at Farmer City. We're going to pick three days of USMTS action down at the Arklatex Speedway and two nights of World of Outlaw Sprint Car action at Mesquite, Texas Devil's Bowl. So, uh, Bert, uh, stay put. Like, you, you already won two years in a row. You don't need to Brad Sweet us and, and win four in a row or anything like that, okay? So, we're having a little fun with that. So, Jeff is our leader. A little love to Jeff. Okay. So, the last lap, Bert, brought to you by our friends over at Zuli's Race Engines. With soda season is right around the corner. What does that mean? That means that his Facebook page is going to be running wild. Running wild with what? Winners. Why? Because that's what they do. You put a Zulie's race engine underneath the hood, it's going to increase your chances of winning. Is it going to make you win? No, you still have to drive the car. But it will increase your chances of not only winning races, but winning championships because the performance and the durability are both there. The proof's in the pudding. If you can't beat them, join them. Zulie's race engines. So... I got to give myself a donkey award, Bert. Um, last week we were talking about rivalries and all that type of stuff. And I'm like, you know, JD won at, at Mississippi Thunder and didn't have any fans. Uh, JD did not win. Mike corrected me. Mike Marlar won the finale at Mississippi Thunder at the Dairyland Showdown last year. So um, get it right, guy. Like, what are you doing here? Okay. Um, with that said, over in eastern Wisconsin, a uh, little news over there. Jaden Schmidt, what's going on there? Yeah, in eastern Wisconsin, we're not as lucky as uh, you guys in western Wisconsin, Minnesota, where it seems like there's a new late model driver announced every week during the off season. Um, so when we have a new late model driver, we have to uh, we get really really excited. Um, Jaden Schmidt Schmidt uh, posted on Facebook this week uh, pictures of. Uh, a late model that he will be racing this summer. Uh, it sounds like he's going to follow the Dirt Kings tour and I'm sure he'll race some weekly. I don't know if he's going to race every week at Shano, but I'm sure he'll be racing some at Shano. Uh, he's still going to race his modified. Um, and, um, you know, Jaden Schmidt, I, I think he's like 20, 21 years old maybe not even that old yet. I mean, he, he started racing at IMCA sport mod when he was 14 years old. Um, I actually did a story on him a couple of years ago and his dad told me when, uh, uh, Jaden started racing, he had to, uh, he had to build extenders off of the pedals so that he could, so that Jaden could reach the pedals, uh, you know, because he was so young and, um, you know, he, he's progressed a, a long way. I mean, he's won, he's won track championships in the, in the sport mod division. Actually, he may have won a track championship his rookie year in the modified at one of the tracks. I'm not sure on that, but I mean, he won multiple features as a rookie in the modified division. So uh, I expect him to be, uh, to be competitive from the get-go i mean he you know i've always been very impressed with his racing um and um you know it it seems like uh whenever there's a new late model driver in eastern wisconsin there's always uh 
a certain sponsor that's on the side of the car and that that's the case this time uh soybear calf ranches and um you know just like a lot for racing yeah just like Artie ranta you know in your in your area supports a lot of cars you know uh uh, Soybear Calf Rancher supports a lot of cars in eastern Wisconsin. So it's good to see. It's going to be good to see another late model out there. So what you texted me earlier was uh, Nick Anvilink. There's a new sheriff in town, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, I, that's, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Nick. He didn't really say that. So I want to give a shout out to the guys down. They had the racers reunion down in Rochester at Steve Yagi's shop. So a big shout out to Todd Narvison. Steve Yeagie, I think Mark Noble had something to do with putting that together. Saw some pictures on Facebook. Looks like they had a great time. Saw a really cool picture. Ron Jones, Rick Eggersdorf, and Mark Noble in a picture together. Like, I can't even imagine. Like, I can't count that high as to how many feature wins that is in one picture. But uh, super inspiring that they're, that they're doing stuff like that to kind of bring some of the old racers together and kind of keeping that community. So uh, Todd and everybody down there, thanks for all you do. That was super awesome. Um, hopefully I make it down there one of these years because I'd really, I'd really like to. So let's jump into our uh, three bold predictions. Okay. So off the board, we did each have one come off the board, not in a good way. Um, you said Jake Tim would win one at Humboldt. And I said, Lucas Rodin would win one at Humboldt. And we were both incorrect, okay? Probably our fault. We probably jinxed them. So the standings right now, Bert, you have you have 16 correct, 18 incorrect, 13 still on the board. You're at 48.5%. I have 11 correct, 25 incorrect. I'm at 31.44%. I got a little work to do. Got a little work to do. So the rules here is we each pick three bold predictions that it, they, it has to be something where we it can happen or did not happen not like it's not an opinion right it's it's like it either did or did not happen and you know we hold ourselves accountable when we're wrong and we're gonna give ourselves a shout out when we're right but uh Bert let's start with you what do you have for your first this week uh for my first I will say uh Weather will force the cancellation of the Illini 100. All right. Donkey award to Mr. Negative over here. All right. All right. Mr. Negative donkey award. Because I'm sick of late model races getting rained out. Like, the, if when you get that wrong, <laughs> it's like negative five points. Well, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry to inform you. I already got it right because it's been canceled. Well, then you can't pick it. <laughs> well, I you, know I, I'm just doing it just to mess with Holy, that is horseshit. <laughs> All right. Did they really? Yeah, I I, I saw Brandon Shepard had posted something uh, right before we started recording the show. And uh, so then I went to the World of Outlaw Twitter. And yeah, it's they're expecting heavy rain, heavy winds, cold temperatures. So they can't. Is Florence it. still going? Do you know them? I, I don't know. I didn't see anything about Florence. Okay. They have the spring 50 this weekend. Okay. So that we didn't pick it, right? We didn't pick mm -hmm. it because we kind of basically all kind of assumed, right? That, uh, you know, everybody was going to the Illini, but now you might see some people down there. I guess we're not picking it because our picks are already in, 
but uh, that will be interesting because now you're going to have again the things are going to get a little sporty down in Florence. It was going right. to be Josh Rice and James Rice, and that's kind of it. And now you might get some other cars down there now. So on Flow Racing Saturday night, as of right now, there is still late model racing, late model fans at Florence. All right, what is your real first pick? Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I will say that, um, well, we'll stay with uh, Jaden Schmidt. I will say he will get at, he will get a late model win his rookie season this year. At least one or one? At least one. All right. All right. Cause when he gets four, right. Then I, I don't <laughs> want that to be a bad beat. Okay. So <clears throat> Jaden Schmidt will get at least one late model a main win this year okay i am gonna well i'm gonna change i'm gonna change it up see what happens here because i was gonna i was gonna make an illini 100 pick obviously can't do that everybody and their brothers like oh josh rice gonna win at florence because josh rice is the man at florence but not this time the smooth operator bobby pierce going to win the spring 50 at florence this weekend for 10 grand a win um hold on if he's there <laughs> if he's there i'm gonna put that in there i'm gonna put that in there because if he's not there i don't want it to count so if he's there bobby pierce will win okay okay um i will go with and you're probably gonna say this is Picking low fruit. Um, well, let, let me switch gears a little bit. I will say at the Shano Speedway opener, whenever it is, um, they will have at least 25 late models. That would be good. That'd be good. They, they average less than that on a regular night. So, right, right. So that's, that's pickable. That's a good pick. Okay. It's crazy, Bert, because we both have a late model car cult pick, <laughs> right? Mine's different. Ogilvy, they have 12 maybe or 14 nights this year where they have late models on the schedule. Uh, Ogilvy, Minnesota, Ogilvy Raceway. They brought they haven't run late models more than like once or twice a year there ever that I know of. They are going to average, average, Okay, so when you take all the cars that race there, divided by shows, right, they're going to average 16 or more late models over the course of the year. So they might have a couple that had less, right, but they're going to average 16 or more when you take all their late model shows into consideration at Ogilvy in 2023. Okay. Um, I will go with... Um... Whenever Shano opens the opener, Nick Avalink will win the late model feature. <laughs> Todd Frank, get her done. Get her done, Todd <laughs> Frank. Ron Berna, Jaden Schmidt, anybody but Nick. No, I'm kidding. I like Nick. Low lying fruit much? <laughs> Shane Sabraski will win at least one feature in 2023. <laughs> is, is that that's too low? Is that too low? I, I'm if not that's, thinking that. If that's what you right. want to go with, <laughs> I, I, you, that's not even allowed. All right. So I'm going to go with the sprint car pick, <clears throat> kind of a parlay. 
you can tell me if this is a double point one or not. So there's two races this weekend. David Gravel, Brad Sweet, and Buddy Colfoyd, the wild card in this. Those three will each have at least one podium over the next two nights. I can give you double points if you get that. All right. All right. Double points it is. So episode uh, 170, it's our uh, golden birthday next week. It's uh, 171A next week. So kind of excited for that. Might know a couple 71s, but uh, always always fun talking racing. Anything else you want to add here, Bert, before we uh, wrap her up? No, uh, just uh, hoping for some warm weather to get rid of the snow. <laughs> I'm with you. It's, it's time to go. So I just want to shout out to all the sponsors here. We got Dirt Track Supply, Impact Health Sharing. I want to thank them. Brad Parson, Egg Solutions. We have buyracehurts.com, Zuli's Race Engines, Dirt Track Supply, Daytona One Performance Lubricants, and uh, Mason Aaron's videos. Want to give them a shout out as well. But uh, shout out to all the sponsors. Appreciate uh, those guys kind of helping us out, helping us keep this show going so we can bring you some content each week. Share anything in the comments. If you have some stories about these drivers or some favorite 71s or not so favorite, if you have some stories, whatever it may be, anything cool happens, let us know. But as always, I'm Ryan Aho. That is the Burt Lehman. Thanks for tuning in to the One to Go Show. Production of Goat Sports Media, LLC.